The Arrival of the Kingdom of God is the title of message number 12 of Dr. Joel Hunter's series, The Church and the World of the Future, a study of the book of Revelation. From the New American Standard, Dr. Hunter's scripture text is Revelation chapter 21. And now, let's begin. Lord, we have heard the truth, and the truth has set us free. And so we come this morning walking in that light, just as Isaiah foretold so long ago, when he said, For my salvation is about to come and my righteousness is about to be revealed. Lord, we know what the people who first heard those words did not know, that that righteousness would be revealed through your Son through the incarnation that You came Yourself to be with us. Lord, we're amazed at that kind of love, at that kind of demonstration of power and righteousness. Lord, we're also amazed as You have shown us through these chapters of Revelation about the power that You still are working in this world and will work in days to come. So, Lord, we pray that You would this morning help us to sense again that power, that awesomeness of Your presence and of Your plan. Lord, teach us this morning through Your Word. We pray for Your servant Joel as he delivers it. And we pray that we will be ready to receive it. We ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. If you have have your scriptures with you, if you would turn to the 21st chapter of Revelation. We only have two more messages to go. I'm going to miss this book. I should have taken three years instead of three months. I hope that if you've been with us for a while, you have a different sense about this book than you may have had going into it. I hope that you have a sense of excitement and and, uh, 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 personal uh, adventure rather than the sense of fear that most people have about this book. We now come to a very different scene. All the messages that have gone, um, um, that have come heretofore have been messages where we we uh, alternate between the turmoil and and the the, um, turbulence that's going down uh, on earth to the, to the scenes of peace and worship in heaven. And now in the 21st chapter, rather than that vacillation between two scenes, there is a merger between them. And there is such a, an overcoming uh, of good over evil that it eradicates and separates all forms of evil out. Listen to this. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth passed away. And there is no longer any sea. Now, remember the sea in Scripture was symbolic of many things. It was symbolic of uh, turmoil and turbulence. You know, the the, the skin of the sea is never just flat. I mean, it's it's always moving and, and many times very dangerous. It was also a symbol to John who was isolated on the Isle of Patmos as a symbol of separation. It it was between him and those he loved. It was also a symbol throughout Scripture of deep mystery, many times of things that are too terrible for us to understand, 
sometimes of those things that are too wonderful to, for us to understand. The scripture says, Oh God, your mysteries are hidden deep in the sea. Remember, the beast came up out of the sea. And so the Bible says, the sea is no more. There is no turmoil. There is no separation. There is no deep mystery that cannot be comprehended by us. And I saw the holy city, a new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, <clears throat> made ready as a bride adorned for her husband. I, I wonder how many of you who read Scripture in the analytical sense will pause at that and remember that the arrival, the fullness of the arrival of the kingdom of God has as much romance in it as it does fact. It's a wonderful, wonderful sensory experience. And I heard a loud voice out of the throne saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is among men, and he shall dwell among them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be among them. And he shall wipe away every tear from their eyes. And there shall no longer be any death. There shall no longer be any mourning or crying or pain. For the first things have passed away. Let me tell you just a few things that I, that I want you to remember as you read this scripture for yourself. The first one is <clears throat> that there comes times in life when God, just by divine fiat establishes himself. He does not work through this process of evolution. Evolution is a terribly ineffective way of improvement. You know that, don't you? Both biologically and relationally, you've got to have a million failures for every one increment of success. It is not a good way to improve. Better than nothing, but it's not a good way to improve. And, 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 and there is a longing in us. You can read it in Romans chapter 8. How we long for that world to come. There's an unrest and an impatience in us for God just to do this thing. And that's very, very well put. And in the history of Scripture, God at very important moments have just, has just done the deal. That was that way at creation. God just by divine fiat said, I'm not going to ask for approval on this thing. I'm going to do it. And then the... the uh, arrival of the of the Son of God, there was an announcement from the heavenly host. There wasn't a response to prayer. There was an announcement. And then the establishment of the church, that wind came rushing in because God said it's time and he just did it. And then the conversion of Saul to Paul. He was riding along. He didn't wait for Saul to think his way into the kingdom, to improve his life incrementally until he finally believed in Christ. Knocked him on his can said, it's time, buddy. Isn't it wonderful when we can look to the future, to the arrival of the kingdom of God and see it for all of its power of dominion, that God does this thing. It's not something man's trying to put together. You know, I heard, a, I saw a cartoon this week that said, that said, you can estimate the intelligence quotient of a committee by starting with a hundred and subtracting five for every individual on that committee. It's true. Churches run by committees are a mess. Things improved by committees usually turn out to be a mess. Bill Cosby once said, I don't know the key to success, but I know the key to the failure. And that's to try to please everybody. 
Well, God's not trying to please anybody. He's just doing the deed. And when it's time, it's time. And all of us need to be able to look forward and say, you know, Christianity is not just about covering up for the hurts. It's not just about these little incremental victories that we have in life. It's about establishing dominion of what's right. I told a story some time ago, and it's, there was a story going around a couple of years ago, and probably all of you have heard it except for maybe five people in here. But five is good enough excuse for me to retell a story that, <laughs> that I really enjoy telling. It's all I need, just five of you. It's about this football coach who is lining up scouts to go out and recruit for a college team. And he's got his, his, his half dozen little scouts out here, and he's, he's instructing them what to look for. And he says, no, men... When you go out there to these games, there's going to be boys that get knocked down and they just stay down. And Murphy's one of the scouts. And Murphy, Murphy's always kind of, you know, trying to get ahead of the deal here. He says, well, coach, that's not, you don't, we don't want him, do we? Coach said, no, Murphy, we don't want him. And he said, now, men, when you go out there, they'll see there'll be another kid. He gets knocked down and he gets back up and he gets knocked down and he gets back up and he gets knocked down and he stays down. Coach says, we don't want him either, do we, coach? No, Murphy, that's not the guy we want. But he says, men, there'll be people who get knocked down and get back up, knocked down and get back up, knocked down and get back up. No matter how many times they get knocked down, they get back up. Murphy says, that's the guy we want in the coach. Coach says, no, Murphy, we want the guy who's knocking everybody down. <laughs> you know, this Christianity thing, people most think, that, well, Christianity is just to help you feel good when you get knocked down. That's not the full story. Christianity is that which takes dominion over life. Which says, this is what God wants. I'm confident this is what God wants. This is what God's going to establish. I'm going to start living like that right now. And so we read about what God is about to establish in our lives in order to give us the confidence to establish it now. And then, when we read in, in the Scripture... That God will be with us. I want you to know that God will minister to our hurts. There's no doubt about that. I mean, His presence, wipe away every tear. No mourning or crying or pain anymore. You know, God, God's love is just going to get into every crevice, every crack this world has made in your life. And He's just going to fill it up with His mercy and grace. But there's something else that's important here. We will not live in a world of temptation anymore. You know why temptation is a part of our world? It's because of our distance from God, the distance that sin has created in our lives. When God's around, we aren't tempted. Becky and I were eating the other night at the, at the Angels over here. We were just sitting in a booth kind of by the counter, and, and this uh, mother and, and small kids came in, and, and uh, this little girl, boy, she was a tiger. She just... Kind of walks in, she's looking around, boy. She sees, she spots this decoration that's made out of, it's got to, to, like a Christmas tree made out of bubble gum. You know, they do bazooka bubble gum over there. She just goes right up to this thing and just reaches for that thing. And her mother says, now, honey, that's a decoration. Don't take that. That's a decoration. It'll, it'll ruin it if you take that thing. Don't do that. Well, she just looked at her mother and followed her to the booth. It wasn't a minute later after they sat down. But that girl came right back up there, round the corner, see? We said, Beck and I are sitting right here, not five feet from this kid. And this kid does one of these numbers. <laughs> Just look to see if she's out of the line of sight of her mother. 
and realized she was and just went, blink, put it in her pocket, went to the restroom. Now, my wife had a terrible time not crawling over the booth to this kid's mother. But I tell you what I thought. I said, I thought to myself, you know, you, that's the problem. We're too distant from that authority, from that dominion. And so we get out of here, do things that we, all, we know we ought not to do. And I see a lot of trouble in that kid's life. I'm telling you. There's going to be a lot of heartache in that, in that kid's life from the pattern that's just become evident in what she's done right there. But you know what? That's evident in all of our lives. And when God is right there, you know, we're not going to even need that bubblegum tree. You know that? This whole world's going to look like a bubblegum tree. We won't even need it. And here's, here's what I also want you to understand. The difference between that place and this place. That place in which we will all be in a very short period of time. Whether it's because the Lord comes again, or whether it's because we die in a very short period, in the twinkling of an eye, every one of us are going to be there who follow Jesus Christ. This is what I want you to understand about this place. That there is a separation of population. It says, as a matter of fact, <clears throat> in, uh, in verse 8, it talks about the categories of those who are not present. By the way, the first of those categories are the cowards. The ones who, who tried to kind of be a little bit Christian just to cover the bases. You know, and, and, and I've said before that kind of trying to be a little bit Christian is, is, it's kind of like trying to jump kind of over a chasm a little bit. You can't jump over a chasm a little bit. It'll put you in the same place as if you fell off one side. You either do it or you don't. Now, there's a population that is designated and categorized, but there's also a population in here that's not designated. I mean, it's just, it's just a bunch of people. Us. Just a bunch of people. They don't have titles. They don't have descriptions. It's just us. And let me tell you why that's, that's, they're not, we're not designated. The reason is, is because none of the designations matter. The reason is that we're just glad to be there. We're just glad to be there. There's no great descriptions of life in heaven because all that matters is being around God. That's all that really matters and everything else is gravy. I had a, a dream this week. I, I hate to have so many personal uh, illustrations this time, but God's just been chasing me around all week saying, uh, put this in here. Uh, this is what I'm trying to teach this week. I think I'll just show up in your life. I had a dream this week and I, I don't usually remember my dreams. But I had a dream just a couple of nights ago, nightmare, about this huge guy. I mean, he's, he, was, he had to be eight feet tall, leather jacket. Eight feet tall. Now, I'm a little ticked off because most guys have dreams about lust. I have dreams about height. There's, there's something not normal about that, is there? I don't know what... kind of resent that. But, no, I, I guess it's okay, but... So this... Where, I don't use this tape to distribute. <laughs> but here's this guy, and, he's, and there's, a, there's this little 22 caliber pistol, and he's shooting, and, 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 and he's shooting at people I love. I don't know who they are, but I just, and so I, somehow I, I, I get that gun, and, and I just start shooting at him. And the bullets are just bouncing off. 
you know? And they're not even going through. And, and I empty the thing, and, and, I, and I said, Don't, you're not even bleeding anywhere. And he goes, well, i got red spots here. And he says, and then he gets mad. And he starts coming after me. And I just woke up. You know how you wake up and just sweating? Well, I was so glad just to be alive. I was. I mean, it didn't matter. I didn't feel any pressure about anything. I didn't feel, you know, you go live, you feel pressure. You wake up, you feel pressure. You got to do this, you got to. I was just glad to be here. And you know what? I think that's how it's going to be in hell. Just glad to be here. Just got, you got anything to do? Fine. Got, don't have anything to do? Fine. I'm just glad to be here. I think it's the general sense of being in heaven. Thank you, God, that I'm with you. I'm just glad to be here. And then, one more thing. I want you to see, as you read this chapter, that the things in heaven are even more real than the things on earth. I, I don't... I'm going, to, I'm, going to, I'm going to use this chapter to describe... I'm going to be preaching about heaven for the next three months because I want you to see what this place is and see that you don't have to wait to get there to live like you're there. You don't have to. That, that's a lie that we've got to live in, 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 in partial misery down here. But, but here's what I want you to see for right now. The, the things there, the population there, the people there, are, are much more real and much more value, valuable than the things we count as value down here. I started to get into this last week, and I, I'm going to continue it. It is so important for you to understand the description in heaven and how they've described it in the most valuable terms down here. Look at the wall described in, in, uh, that surrounds that holy city. A wall of, of pure, clear diamonds. The wall itself is 1,500 miles high. The dimensions of this city, by the way, are a cube. And it is large enough to cover three-quarters of Europe. Large enough to house 20 billion people, each person in there having three acres to themselves. Of course, they wouldn't want three acres to themselves because they like hanging out together. So it's a huge place. The wall to this place is... 216 feet thick of pure blue diamonds. And, of course, there's no night in heaven. It's all pure light. Now, I want you to see that they have described this thing in the most valuable terms in an earthly sense, but that's not what's valuable at all. It's the population. It's the fellowship. And God himself will be with them. And they shall be his people. We're all together. We can't do this thing alone. We're all together. I had another thing happen this week. My uh, sister and brother-in-law are about uh, the only ones in our family that ever have done well financially. And they and they've done they've done and they've been very generous. And, and every once in a while they just bless the rest of the family with something. And this year, my brother-in-law made a um, a manger set, uh, very. Wonderful manger set, and my my sister sent us a nativity set of Waterford crystal. Now, some of you know what that is, don't you? Now, can you imagine sending that into a house with three boys? You know, pick, it's like pick up that. Hey, look, a shiny, sparkly wise man, and you're standing there going. You don't want to spook him. On the table. 
something to make them feel good about Christmas. But, <laughs> but I can imagine, you know, somebody... Uh, I, I was just my imagination was going, you know, going to heaven, you know, just after I get this thing, and, and, and my values haven't changed yet. And I'm going up there, and I'm the first person I say, hey, I got a religious deal in my house, a, water, a Waterford Crystal Nativity set. What do you think of that? Yeah, pretty neat, huh? <laughs> What's your name, Paul? Joseph. <laughs> you know? It's more real in heaven. It's more valuable in heaven than anything you can imagine on earth. That's what we need to start living like. That's the light that we need to have for the future. That's the confidence we need to have to put what we have here in perspective, both good and bad. God will establish that thing. And he will establish it soon for us. And we need to be in the process of transition. It is so appropriate that we are closing this time of preaching in a time that coincides with Christmas and the New Year's. And there is a piece that we would like to do transitioning into that meal of the future, not just the meal of the past, but the meal of the future. The piece comes from Alfred Lord Tennyson, written about a hundred years ago to a friend of his. And it was written around Christmas, New Year's time. And there was a piece that talks about ringing out the old and ringing in the new, of being a part of this pronouncement of the things coming. We'd like for you to concentrate in making this transition in your own life and let this poem help you begin to make that transition. Ring out, wild bells, to the wild sky, the flying cloud, the frosty light, the year is dying in the night. Ring out, wild bells, and let him die. Ring out the old, ring in the new. Ring happy bells across the snow. The year is going, let him go. Ring out the false, ring in the true. Ring out the grief that saps the mind. For those that hear we see no more. Ring out the feud of rich and poor. Ring in redress to all mankind. Ring out a slowly dying cause and ancient forms of party strife. Ring in the nobler modes of life and sweeter manners. Ring out the want, the care, the sin, Ring out, ring out my wonderful rhymes, ring the fuller minstrel. Ring out false pride, plagues, and blood, the civic slander and the spite. Ring in the law, truth, and right. Ring in the common law Ring out old shapes of foul disease. Ring out the narrowing lust of gold. Ring out the thousand wars of old. Ring in the thousand years of peace. Ring in the valiant man and free, the larger heart, the kindlier hand. Ring out the darkness of the land. Ring in the Christ that is to be.
communion servers please come forward at this time and the worship team this meal as I have said is not only a meal of commemoration it is a meal of anticipation as a matter of fact when Jesus took it for the last time with his disciples he said I will not drink of this fruit again until I drink it new with you in the kingdom Let us pray this prayer of consecration in that anticipation. Father, thank you for this meal that not only commemorates what you have done for us, but what you will do for us. And help this time be a time of putting away of our sin, of turning toward eternal things. Father, as your children gather to take this meal that you have given us, prepare our lives for the world you have for us to live in. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please wait until everyone has received the elements, and we will take them together. This is for you who are following the Lord Jesus Christ. If there's some reason that you're not prepared to take this um, supper this morning, in worthiness Uh, for those of you who do not yet believe in Christ or are following him or those of you who have business to take care of before you partake of the supper just let the elements pass you by don't be embarrassed and spend this time in prayer the body of our Lord Jesus Christ preserve thy soul and body unto everlasting life take and eat this in remembrance that Christ died for thee and feed on him in thy heart by faith with thanksgiving. The blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, which was shed for thee, preserve thy soul and body unto everlasting life. Take and drink this in remembrance that Christ died for thee, and be thankful. Would you please stand for the closing prayer of thanksgiving and the benediction that will also be an offertory. Father, as we have said, we cannot thank you enough for how you have invaded the world and you have saved us from our past for our future. And Father, Right now, we offer ourselves to build that future. Many of us will offer our money today. So much of our money goes into the things that we cannot keep. Help this money go into that which will last forever. So many of us will offer our hearts and our emotions and our minds to you today. Build in them the things of eternity the nature of Christ. And so many of us, as we leave this place, will offer our behavior, our example to you to build in this world a glimpse of what is to come. Use us, not to the best of our ability, but to the best of your ability. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Go in peace.